All right, it looks like we're live. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us for the fourth edition of the Backcountry Show and Tell hosted by the Catamount Trail Association. Uh, tonight we're gonna be talking about clothing strategies and uh, trying to give you some tips and tricks and just sharing what, what has worked for us so that um, to try and help you guys uh, be more comfortable when you're out exploring in the woods. Um, before we get going, I do wanna make a plug for the CTA. Uh, the Catamount Trail Association is a member and donor supported organization. So I encourage you to go check out our website at catamounttrail.org. And if you like what we do, uh, consider becoming, joining as a member or making a donation. Um, it helps us, it helps us take care of the, tra the Catamount Trail itself. It helps our chapters take care of the backcountry zones that they manage. And it helps our, with, uh, with our youth ski program, which puts uh, Vermont youth on skis during the winter. Um, so yeah, so let's get going. Um, we should probably start off with a round of introductions. I can go first. Uh, my name's Greg Mano. I work for the Catamount Trail Association as their communication and events director. I've been backcountry skiing for around nine years now. And I got into skiing, I came from snowboarding and I got into skiing so I could do more backcountry skiing. I'm actually a terrible skier and I enjoy backcountry skiing because you don't actually have to ski down all that much. Um, there's a lot of touring and uphill and that's part of my, that's part of my, my favorite part of it. Um, you know, uh, let's see, what else do you want to know about me? Um, I don't know. That's good. Who else wants to, who wants to go next? Will, how about you? Oh, geez, thanks. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm Will Skerritt. Um, I'm very similar to Greg. Um, I got into backcountry skiing just three or four years ago. I came from a Nordic background, but I didn't start skiing until I was an adult. So uh, I, I would classify myself as an intermediate skier at best. And um, I uh, started in 2017 and just finished in last year, completing end to end the Catamount Trail. Thanks, Will. Uh, Al, how about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, Al Karam, uh, former um, snowboard instructor, uh, was a um, snowboard supervisor at Smuggler's Notch um, back in 2014. Um, also the founder of Splitboard VT um, and uh, Splitboarder by trade. I've been splitboarding now for six years, um, most of the time spent here in the Green Mountains and Vermont, um, but uh, have also um, you know, done, uh, done some trips out west um, as well, so. Nice. Uh, Megan. Hi, um, I'm Megan. I'm the ski department head over at Outdoor Gear Exchange. Um, I started backcountry skiing about six, seven years ago, but didn't get really fully into it until I moved to Vermont three years ago. Um, I come from a downhill ski background and backcountry was just kind of my way to exploring places that I hadn't been to or didn't think I could get to before. And I love it. Nice. Uh, Sam. Hi, uh, I'm Sam Brakely. I uh, live in Sharon, Vermont, uh, where I run a company called Hermit Woods Trail Builders. I've been skiing, uh, downhill skiing my entire life, backcountry skiing for Oh, I don't know, 12 or 15 years. Um, in 2015, I threw skied the Catamount Trail uh, in, in January and February uh, of 2015 and um, uh, continue to ski most days I can in the winter. Thank you. And Josh. 
Hey everyone, I'm Josh Burns, a Catamount Trail member. I've been backcountry skiing for approximately 10 years and just kind of use it as a way of just kind of getting out in the woods and exploring kind of wild places that, I don't know, you kind of don't normally get from skiing around the resort. And yeah, just that kind of exploration just keeps me motivated and getting out the door in the winter when you got to keep moving. <laughs> Thank you. So tonight, again, we're going to talk about, we're going to go through clothing strategies. Um, I feel like figuring out how to dress for a tour and stay warm and not get too cold or not to get too hot is kind of one of those things that's pretty tricky. I mean, even for us, I feel like for myself, like every time I go out, it's a, it's a new experiment. You know what I mean? The weather's different, tour is different, conditions are different. So um, the reason we've got so many people today together tonight is to share a variety of perspectives and just kind of like share as much information as possible to help you, everybody here, make better decisions the next time you head out. Um, so we're going to like start from the bottom and uh, work our way up. And I do kind of want to set the stage like there are a lot of ways you can approach a tour. Um, so what we're going to talk about, what the kind of the situation is kind of just like your general, you're not like racing. We're not, we're just kind of like out for a day tour. And so you're not in a huge time crunch. You're not trying to like get your heart rate up and maintain that. You're just kind of like out for a fun day in the woods. Um, I think depending on how much effort you're, you're wanting to put in or your, your, the level of output that you're achieving that will change how you're gonna to wanna to dress. And so this is, we're gonna kind of approach this discussion from the point of like, we're just going for an, an easy, fun ski in the woods, not, um, not a race. Uh, so let's start with the, let's start with the feet, you know, obviously you have boots. So does everybody here, does anybody here wear something other than darn tough socks on their feet <laughs> when skiing? No. <laughs> Go Al, what, what do you, what do you wear on your feet? Uh, so I, uh, being a splitboarder, um, I do wear um, Burton AK socks. Um, I do have darn tough as well that I kind of cycle through. Um, but, um, they're just comfortable, um, uh, slightly, uh, just a little thicker than, you know, um, the darn tough socks that, uh, that I have for ski touring. Um, and you know, they're just a little more comfortable for me. Nice. Now, <laughs> does anybody have anything to add, uh, sock wise? Uh, yeah, I jumped. keep, uh, I keep a like pretty burly pair of uh, wool socks in my pack with me, just in case I get my feet wet during a tour or something. Um, I use a, a smart wool hunting sock, actually. It's kind of just like got a little more cushion to it. And if your feet get wet, that really kind of takes the moisture away from your foot. And uh, so I keep that in my pack every, every tour, but uh, on really cold days, I'll actually wear those instead. Hey, here's, uh, here's one for you guys. Um, this is something I just started doing probably within the last two years. So, you know, if I'm driving to a trailhead or a place like Bolton, for example, I'll actually um, ride there in a different pair of socks than what I'm going to start the day out with. Um, and that's just, you know, half hour drive from Burlington to Bolton, for example, you know, your feet are going to get sweaty and I'd rather have a dry pair of socks going into a dry pair of boots to start the day off. Um, especially if it's going to be a really cold day, it's just going to make it, you know, a little more comfortable. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally go with uh, a super thin sock. I do sometimes on a long day tour, I'll take a extra pair of socks just in case. Um, and that's always, that's good to keep in your, in your bag. 
Uh, a few years ago, I started actually wearing uh, liner socks because I had a pair of boots that I'd go on a long day tour and have no problems. And I'd do like a lap at Bolton and I'd shred my heels. And I, and it, I, didn't, I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so I needed to figure out something. So I started wearing like a really like light liner sock under like a really thin ski sock. And basically I haven't had any issues with like blisters since that. And so I don't know if, if people have like a poor fitting boot that, and they're struggling with blisters, I definitely recommend looking into a liner sock just because you can find the nice ones that come up over the calf and they work. I mean, I've been really happy with that system that I just kind of use it all the time now. Uh, and I just don't have to worry about it. Uh, Will. Yeah, great. One thing I'd add, um, it, you can take a preventive measure using either moleskin or uh, hockey cloth tape works really well, or any other kind of tape that's designed to uh, help with blisters and just hit those spots on the back of your ankle, your little toe, your big toe, wherever you feel rubbing. And if you tape up before, if you're going on a, a long tour, uh, taping up is just an easy preventive measure that usually works well. Totally. Yeah, some preventative maintenance is nice. Um, I also want to, Sam, when you, I remember, I don't, I don't recall when you threw skied the Catamount Trail, you didn't use any kind of vapor barrier. Uh, no, I went with uh, standard darn tough socks. I'm like you, Greg, I like the thinner ones. Uh, my feet have pretty good, you know, I, they stay warm pretty well. So I'm a big fan of the thinner ones. I find that they um, let me breathe a little better, uh, even in cold temperatures. Um, but besides that, uh, you know, I, it, 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 we're talking day tours here, not, you know, multi sure, yeah. trips, but um, certainly there's a little more to think about in terms of keeping things dry and managing moisture uh, over the course of multi days than, than just a day trip. Um, no matter where, how far you're going out or how long you're going out, extras are important. For sure. Awesome. Any, any other sock related tips for, for today at this point? All right, let's move on. Let's move up the body. We'll move into the, the lower le the legs. Um, does anybody want to go first and share like what their system is for, um, for layering on their legs? Megan, do you want to jump in right. and share your? Yeah, I generally run pretty cold, but I also, I have two temperatures. I'm either overheating or frozen and nothing in between. So for Bottoms, I use a microgrid uh, fleece legging with shells and just helps temperature regulation a lot with me. Um, for colder days, I wear like a thinner fleece legging, but as well as just shell bibs and that works great. Nice. So bibs, bibs or pants for you? I wear bibs. Yeah. <laughs> I've and fallen too many times in powder to wear pants again. <laughs> nice. So who... Anybody else want to go? Who wants to go next on legs? Anybody? So how about this? How about we, how about instead of sharing individual things like soft shell or hard shell, who, who uses hard shell pants to earn? Well, I'm a hard shell guy. Yeah. Hard shell. So something waterproof. Yeah. Um, and then who uses soft shell pants to earn? It's fairly waterproof for day tours. I think it's more than adequate. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I, when I started, I was in, I wore hard shells all the time and like a light, like wool under, long underwear under, underneath. And it, there wasn't any problem with that, but I found I was a lot, a lot more comfortable. And I have a pair of like DinaFit kind of pants that have like a light insulation, but they're super, they're, they're really light. And those with like a pair of boxer briefs under them and 
I, like, it needs to be pretty cold for the, to, to need more than that, especially if, as long as you're moving. Um, and I find like, I don't, I used to worry about sitting down and getting my knees wet or my butt wet, but if I'm touring, I usually have like a sit pad. So that's not really that much of a concern. And I think like, I don't know. I've been, I've been pretty happy with that. I do carry on like a longer tour. I might carry a pair of like puffy pants or a pair of like rain, my rain pants actually from the hiking pants, just to like add a, it's not that the rain pants aren't ideal because they don't have a big zipper. So they're hard to pull. Hmm. I would have to take my boots on, off to put them on. Uh, but in the case of an emergency, like if somebody's stuck or you're stuck someplace for a long time, I have them there to add some warmth. And some really, a really lightweight way of, of creating warmth, those rain pants. Yeah, so they, don't, they don't take much space and you can just throw right. them in your bag. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Al, what, do you, what are you sporting uh, on the lower extremities? Yeah, um, so I've got, um, I've got two. I've got uh, synthetic and I also have a wool base layer. Um, so just depending on the conditions, you know, I'll pick one over the other. If it's a little colder, you know, I'll probably wear wool. But if it's a warmer spring day, um, probably go with the synthetic. Um, and, you know, just really just to wick moisture away from the body uh, more than anything. Um, for pants, uh, it's uh, hard shell Burton AK. Um, uh, I think swash pants, um, just a lot of technical features, huge vents. Um, so no matter if it's early season, mid season or late season, um, they've just been, you know, really good pants being able to just open them wide, up, uh, wide open and, um, you know, get airflow when I need it. And when I don't, I can cinch them up and, you know, keep my legs warm. Um, never really had an issue with my legs staying warm. Um, usually it's more the extremities, hands and toes and things like that. For sure. <clears throat> So what do you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on wool versus like a synthetic base layer for your legs? And you, who uses wool on their, uh, for their base layer on their legs? <laughs> Everybody else uses synthetic? So synthetic, like a long john or like a fleece? Like a long thin, john. what was that, Sam? Long john, yeah. Long john. My, I, you know, I've got like six pairs of long johns, all of which have uh, a whole lot of holes in them. And, and I just put on whatever's on top of the laundry pile. Yeah, cool. yeah I mean, the legs aren't that, legs one of those, aren't one of those things. Like you never, I feel like most of the time, like you're never like, man, my legs are so hot or man, <laughs> my legs are freezing today. At least um, not in this scenario, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I generally. I mean, I just, say my legs are so hot, yeah. <laughs> sure, but like, so like the concern earlier of like getting, you know, some it seems like a lot of people use hard shells up for a day touring but that's you know concerned about getting wet bibs are pretty popular because if you're if it's a powder day it's kind of nice for the extra protection um around the waist if you go down if you crash um but yeah i don't know um <laughs> hey, greg i just said i i don't wear a bib because i would find that too warm, too warm. Um, but i do i do wear suspenders with the pants to keep them up yeah i find that helps preventing the snow going down the back great awesome so i don't know yeah legs wear pants um or bibs <laughs> or don't <laughs> or don't yeah, i suppose uh so let's move up to the torso i feel like the torso is where we get into a lot more combinations and uh we have more issues um so what do you guys uh so again what do you guys start with on the base layer uh who uses a wool base layer on the for your torso we got one person yeah. uh i'll say sometimes i'll qualify that who uses synthetic everybody else uses synthetic yeah 
Now, what does anybody, anybody want to share? Anybody want to share why 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 synthetic over wool? Because everybody, if you talk, if you go into any outdoor store, they're gonna like tell you that wool's wool is like the bee's knees, and like you should go with wool versus synthetic. That's so, a, that sounds like that's a salesperson telling you, right? Sure, yeah, but I, I kind of want to know. Like here, here we have a bunch of users, right? And the the skew, it's obviously skewed towards synthetic. So. Um, is that just because you have it lying around or is it because you made a particular decision to run with the synthetic? Yeah, for me personally, I just, you know, in the summers you run a 5k and you get a nice synthetic running shirt with every, <laughs> every single race, you know, race to the top of Vermont, sure. it out nice, beautiful synthetic shirt. I'll be wearing that all year. So yeah, it's just really just what's lying around the house and it, it works. Uh, it might be, there might be a little smell if you're on a, a hut trip or something. So, you know, have good friends around if you're <laughs> in close quarters, but uh, otherwise, yeah, it works perfectly fine. Totally. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I'd add about the synthetic is it keeps its shape where it will eventually will start stretching and sagging. So particularly on a multi-day uh, trip, you can, it might smell a little bit more than the wool, but it keeps its shape. Yeah, nice. Well, and I, for me, I, it depends on, I feel like, it, again, it depends on the level of output. Like I'll go with the lightest synthetic shirt I have in my available that's clean or like that's <laughs> available to me uh, for most tours. Um, just because I feel like I'm usually, like for me, I'm usually going, I'm not go going a little faster and that, you know, you don't see wool speed suits, right? <laughs> So, you know, I feel like if you're, if you're generating a lot of heat and you're generating a lot of sweat, it's nice to have a synthetic to move it away. If you're going a little bit slower, then wool's great. Uh, but I feel like it gets overwhelmed faster. It holds on to moisture a little bit more readily. And so like in the winter time, I just want to get, personally, I just want moisture away to get away from me. I want to stay as dry as possible. And I want something next to my skin that dries as fast as possible. So typically that's not wool. Um, also wool is expensive. And like Josh said, I just have like hundreds of, I mean, not probably not hundreds, but I have a lot of synthetic shirts like in my dresser. Um, yeah, I was uh, just to add to that too, Greg, um, one thing I actually look for in, in my base layers. Um, so, you know, this is a, a shirt I have, it's just a, you know, Burton, um, like, you know, light um, base layer. But one thing that I actually look for when I'm shopping is just the cuff having a thumb hole, um, that's kind of a big deal for me. Um, you know, especially on if your touring jacket doesn't have, uh, you know, powder gaskets or something to keep snow out. So if you fall or, you know, you trip or whatever, and you put your hand down on the snow, it just keeps the snow out of your glove, keeps it out of your jacket. Um, and just a little level of, I guess, comfortability at the end of the day. Um, so that's just one little piece I look for with that layer. Sure. And what about, what about, uh, short sleeve versus long sleeve. Anybody running long short sleeve shirts versus long sleeve? Depends on the temperature. Preference. I mean, I, I'd say I prefer a long sleeve shirt just because if, as you're sweating again, like, I don't know, whatever your next layer is, depending on mine tends to be some sort of a, a shell, like a lightweight wind shell or like a puffy. And it's nice to have something that like moves moisture off my forearm. You know, I, I just don't like that clammy feeling against the skin. So a long sleeve's kind of nice, uh, but I don't know. Anybody else preferences in that point? Or like a zip tee versus a crew neck? Does people like the adjustability of having, being able to like zip open your base layer and vent heat? 
I'll, I'll jump in, Greg. <laughs> so I've never done a zip uh, on a base layer, but they're definitely on the mid layer. Um, yeah. With the base layer, it's usually so thin that I don't, yeah, well, you don't feel worry the need about to it. do that. Great. So, all right. Well, cool. Anybody, anybody else have anything to add middle or base layer wise? Okay. So let's move on to mid layers. What are you guys, what are you guys sporting for your mid layers? Uh, Al, let's go with you. Um, it really depends on the day. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just get away with hiking up in, you know, base layer, um, and maybe like another synthetic shirt or something like that. But, um, typically, you know, I'll go with like, um, Patagonia R1 is something that, you know, I've, I've had for a really long time. It does have that zip functionality. Um, it's also got, you know, a really light hood, um, which is a really nice feature to have. Um, and then, you know, it's just got a, a slightly longer um, cut to it, um, you know, so it just kind of helps trap heat in um, while also breaking the wind. And then at the same time too, um, you know, it's uh, pretty sure it's like a combination fiber um, not full synthetic and not wool. So, um, you know, it dries pretty quick and, I don't know, pretty comfortable. I like it. Nice. Anybody else have a favorite mid layer? Yeah, for me, I have a synthetic puffy jacket that has fleece sides to it um, from Arteryx. And it's my most worn jacket out of anything. It just seems to be able to temperature regulate a little bit better than other puffy jackets I've had. It works well in like mid to really cold temperatures. And I'll pair that with a synthetic kind of zip up fleece or I have a fleece with that has like a high neck hood and that seems to work really well every single time I go touring. Nice. And Megan, are you touring? Are you skinning in that puffy jacket with the, the sides? Sometimes on really cold days, I will. Um, generally that's, I'll pop that on at the top or start with it. Yeah. Um, but it gets worn maybe like one out of every six tours, but I always tend to mm -hmm. wear this like micro grid fleece that my friend made me a few years ago that works yeah. nicely. So then you have like, so you have that fleece base layer with your bibs on and for, yeah. while, you're, while you're skinning, that's kind of where your, your sweet spot is and assuming it's not snowing. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Anybody else? I have, I have a new favorite. As of last year, I have a new favorite. Uh, I guess it would be a kind of, kind of a combination mid layer, outer layer. Uh, we did these uh, jackets from Patagonia, the R1 tech face uh, jacket. And it's kind of like the R1, it's got this like grid fabric on the inside, but it's got, it's really, it's actually super thin. It's thinner than an actual R1 fleece. And then, but it's got, it's got a little weather resistance. And um, this thing has been, I wear a t-shirt under this and like, that's what I'll spend 90% of my day in. Like I'll keep my hard shell stays in my, it's tough enough that like, I don't feel like I need to put a hard shell on to protect it uh, when you're skiing down. And then it's, breathe you know it's breathable enough that on the uphill i don't need to adjust it so it's usually like a t-shirt under that and then I'll, I'll start off with a puffy over it and then as soon as i get too warm stuff the puffy in the in the um my pack and then run with that for most of the time so um depending on if it's and then the puffy's there if it's cold but um anybody let's see i think i think i don't know that this is going that well going through piece by piece i think we might need to talk more system wise, um, that might be a little bit better. Uh, so does, does that, how about Josh, do you wanna start us off, or how about I start us off with like the torso? So when I go out for a day, 
I'll have a thin uh, synthetic long sleeve shirt on. I'll start with this, my like uh, this R1 tech base hoodie or jacket. And then I'll wear a synthetic, I have a synthetic puffy uh, that I put over the top of that. Um, and that's how I, that's how I leave my car. And I know, like, I know you're supposed to start cold, but I don't like starting cold. Um, so I just accept the fact that like, you know, five minutes into my skin, I'm going to stop and like take my pack off and stuff my jacket in it. But I'd prefer, I feel like when I show up, I'm often meeting somebody else and I don't know how long I'm gonna have to stand around and wait for them or, you know, you just don't know how long you're gonna, it's going to take to get going. And so I don't want to stand there freezing. Uh, so I always have that puffy and I just accept the fact that I'm going to like have to stop almost immediately to put it in my pack. Um, and that's what I skin in. And like, and when I get to the top, I mean, I feel, I feel like if you're, if you transition quick enough, um, you don't lose that heat and you can start down. So depending on what the situation is, you don't necessarily need to add a layer. I mean, like weather, the weather variable variables are all over the board. So it's hard to really pick, um, say one system works for everything. Uh, but if it's cold out, you know, you throw, I just throw the puffy on over the top of it. If it's really cold on, I'll put the puffy on and then put my, a hard shell of, you know, like my hard shell over the top of that. Um, and so it's just a matter of, you know, again, everybody knows you're supposed to dress in layers, but it's nice. I don't like, I don't like to change layers as, as all that often. It's nice to have a few things that kind of work in a wide range of temperatures and you just kind of have a few things that, um, you can stop as little as, as possible to kind of like change layers. Um, so let's quick. So Will, can I bump to you next? Like, so when you go out for a tour on the Catamount Trail, what are you wearing on your torso? Yeah, very, very similar to you, the synthetic uh, thin long sleeve. And I'll have a, a thin fleece, either the Patagonia R1 that you uh, just mentioned that we got last year, uh, which I love uh, because it does block the wind as well. Or, or some other uh, thin fleece. I run pretty hot. So that's usually all what I'm wearing. And on the really cold days, I'll put a shell over to start, but I never wear a puffy jacket while skiing. It's just way too hot. I, I watch other people do it and they need it. Um, but it just makes me sweat looking at them. So uh, I always have my puffy in the bag when we stop. Um, and if I don't start with the shell, the shell's in the bag as well or sticking out on top. Nice. That's it. Yeah. Simple. So you, so with you, you have a, you have your synthetic, you have a base layer, you have a fleece, you have your, you have a shell and a puffy and but the puffy. puffy stays in the bag, like 99% of the time. In, in the shell too. I really, oh. uh, the only time I'm putting the shell on is if it's, uh, you know, probably 15 and below, or when um, we get to a, um, the top of a big climb and then we're going to go downhill for a long time, then I'll yep. put the shell on to keep warm and also keep the snow off. Nice, perfect. And so Josh, how about, how about you? What's a, a, on a typical tour, uh, what are you starting off with your, what are you wearing on your tour? What's in your pack and how do you use those? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I start out with that short sleeve synthetic shirt. Um, and then I have, I have this OR similar layer where it's like a synthetic kind of light puffy on the uh, front. Uh, and then like a grid fleece, a really light one. So it lets your back breathe with your pack on the back there, uh, light hood. And typically that with uh, like a wind shell even in the mornings will keep me pretty much warm. Um, I'm with Will. I 
I don't use a puffy all that often. It's in my pack for kind of just in case <laughs> scenario. Um, but you know, I'll have that windshell to have on and, and then take off, but I'll also bring like a, a hard shell for, for actually skiing in, um, to be as dry as possible because that windshell will just kind of soak up moisture. If, you know, it'll wet itself out essentially. Um, but it keeps me warm. Um, so I kind of alternate between those layers, but yeah, I'm, I'm rarely wearing that puffy for, for warmth, even on, on the coldest days, really. Nice. And Hey, Al, how about you? And us, when you go head out for a splitboard tour, what are you wearing? What's like, you know, base layer to outer layer, your warmest layer. And when, yeah. do, you, and when do you apply them? Yeah. So, so for me, I, so I, I have heard a lot, um, you know, not using puffies all that often, but you know, for me, splitboarding transitioning does take a few extra steps. Um, so taking that into consideration, I, I typically do pack a puffy, um, with me and I do use it when I'm transitioning. Um, uh, you know, apart from the, the base layer in, in mid layer, sometimes, um, one, and this is probably uh, my favorite piece of clothing that I have, um, I have, it's, uh, um, it's a vest and it's made by Steo and it's got a couple of features that I like one. It's, it is a down filled puffy or, um, puffy vest. It's got a hood on it. Um, a couple of really good pockets for touring. Um, it's a solid piece. Um, you know, th this isn't something that I would use, um, you know, like a, on a spring day or something like that, but midwinter conditions, this thing is great. I've never found that, you know, I get overly hot. Um, I also don't typically run super hot. Um, so I'll usually start out in something like this. Um, it's very rare that I would, you know, put a shell on, um, when I'm touring, I think that maybe one day last year, I wore it almost the whole day. And that was because we had a really slow moving group. Um, so at that point, you know, I could keep it on and didn't really have to worry too much about, um, about, you know, sweating through all my layers and then getting my shell soaked because you get your shell soaked and you're in a lot of trouble. Um, so that, that's usually how, uh, how, how I, I work. Um, but yeah, um, uh, just, I, I typically try and keep it as light as possible. Nice. So you've got a, you've got to, you start with a base layer and then you have that R1, like an R1 mid layer. Yeah. It, if it's a windier day, um, I'll have them, I'll have the mid layer and then the hooded vest, um, otherwise base layer hooded vest and I'm good to go. Nice. And then you have a shell for when you turn around to come down. Yeah. Shell. Um, and then, you know, typically, um, during the transition, I'll, um, throw, you know, like, uh, that, like, um, keep my R1 on, throw my vest in the pack and then switch over to either my shell or if it's a colder day, um, puffy with, with a shell. Nice. Cool. Uh, Sam, uh, What's, what's your system for on your, on your body for when you go out for a tour? Oh, uh, similar to most folks here. Uh, <laughs> I, I use a relatively light base layer and then I have a light fleece. Uh, and those are my two, my, my base layer and my mid layer. And I would say it's a pretty rare day that I'm not wearing both of those um, at any given time because they're both relatively light. Uh, if it's particularly cold, then I add the shell on top of it uh, for cruising along. Uh, and I don't, you know, puffies are getting a bad name here. I always bring my puffy and as soon as I stop, whether it's for five minutes or, or longer, immediately throw the puffy on. I love to trap the warmth, whatever I've been 
collecting over the course of moving. Um, and, and, you know, transition time is a great time to kick your feet up and have a, have a coffee from your thermos and, your, and, and have a snack. And what better way to do that than with a puffy on? So <clears throat> I always have a puffy and uh, yeah. always break it out no matter how short the break is. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I usually carry, I usually carry two puffies. Actually, I carry a synthetic one. I carry a synthetic one and a down one. Cause I get, I freeze. Like I, as soon as I stop, I get cold. Yeah. And, and it's got um, the hood on it. And you know, then you just feel yeah. warm and cuddly. Well, I keep, I keep a, I wear the synthetic one next to my body to like suck up all the water that's coming out when I put that on. And then to keep the down one from getting like totally mm-hmm. saturated. Um, but yeah, I do. I have like, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I like a good puffy. So I'm with you. <laughs> I'm glad I, often, I often don't actually wear a hard shell I, unless it's like snowing or uh, super schwacky or something. I'm worried about like shredding a jacket. Then I'll be, I almost never wear, I'll never break the hard shell out. It just stays in the bottom of my bag. Um, yeah, that, I, I think the hard shell feels a little bit more applicable for more of an AT outing than it does necessarily if you're doing a lot of cross country. Uh, sure. so you start picking up speed, it's nice to have something to break the wind, but um, yeah. Yeah, the nice thing about, I mean, like Nordic touring or like touring on the Catamount Trail, like you do have, it's more rolling. So you don't have that like, yeah. you never like that super high output climb followed by like, you know, a, like a fast, you know, long descent where you're freezing. So that, I mean, I feel like that changes it. You guys can, uh, you're probably making fewer um, clothing transitions throughout the day. You're probably like settling into kind of like a zone and just kind of like cruising along with one setup. And then again, stopping for a break, you've got that puffy on to throw on to kind of hold on to that heat if you're stopping for lunch um and maybe have a hard shell just in case like it starts dumping snow you know most midwares and stuff you want to like protect those from getting wet from the outside as well um if it's snowing really hard so um but yeah for split boarding and alpine touring yeah i mean it's like you're hot on the way up and you're freezing on the way down and so managing that and if you're doing multiple laps you know it's one thing if you're gonna go you're gonna like shoot to the top turn around, ski back to your car and leave. You can jump in your car then. But if you're going to do a second lap or a third lap or a fourth lap, then you really need to be a little bit more conscious about how you're managing your moisture. And I think, I feel like there's two ways you can do that, right? Or there's two approaches. There's one, you're managing moisture. Um, So you're managing your output. So one of the best ways to manage how much you sweat is the, you know, how fast or slow you go. So like if you're out touring, if you're, you can just slow down. And then you won't, you know, go at a speed that's comfortable. And so you're not like, like sweating crazily into all of your stuff. Um, But you can also manage heat. I feel like this is something that's more, you know, people that are, um, if you're like doing fitness laps at the resort before work and you're doing a bunch of laps really fast, or like you are doing like something like a schema race, um, you don't have to put on another, like another layer if you're transitioning quickly and getting back to the bottom of the mountain before you get cold. Um, so the thing is the difference between like a 10 minute transition and like a, you know, one and a half minute transition, you know, that faster transition allows your body, your body doesn't cool down that much. So you can head back down and then and be at the bottom and, and start climbing back up before you've kind of like lost that heat. And so in that sense, if you want to go fast, then you should really focus on making sure your transitions are efficient. So you minimize the amount of stopping in between the you know your uphill and downhill your ascents and descents um so let's see what's what do you guys have for uh what's your favorite uh kind of like layer for your torso like upper body 
Um, can, do you have a favorite piece? Um, Megan, can we start with you? Do you have like a favorite jacket that you like is just a, and like, why do you love it so much? Yeah, I'd say my favorite piece is kind of boring, it's black, but it's this fleece that is, I just wear it everywhere. I don't know why it's my favorite, but it's really thin. It's a synthetic fleece, dries out super fast. Um, I'd say like the reason I wear it so much is the front of it has a really high neck. So on days when I'm cold, I just throw the hood up, covers the front, front of my face along with the neck gaiter. And it's just something I wear for skiing, hiking, biking. It's, it's never the wrong piece, right? It's, and it's never been the wrong piece. And it's cozy, so like. Yeah. Seems like it checks all the boxes. It does. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sam, do you have a favorite jacket that you that you always take with you or you just like really enjoy using and why do you love it so much? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like Megan, right? I, it's an emotional attachment. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's been on all my other tours and, and adventures with me. Why wouldn't I bring it on the next one? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's my mid-layer. It's, uh, it's my light fleece. It's got, you know, it's... It's beat all the hell. It's uh, it's got a million holes in it because of all the campfires it's been around, uh, you know, all the, like the ember holes, uh, and uh, it adds to the breathability as best I can tell. So yeah, and it, and it and it and it serves you well, and no matter what tour you go on, like that that mid middleweight fleece, like you can always use it. And at this point, you know, even but when I stop touring at some point in the distant future, because I'm too old, this fleece by that time it you know it's going to keep on marching. I can tell. Nice. <laughs> uh, Al, what do you, do you have a favorite uh, jacket or vest? Yeah, that, uh, that, that's steel hooded vest. Um, it's the, uh, and not a plug for steel or anything by any means, but um, it's the only vest I've found that has a hood. Um, and yeah. so it's just, it's just a great layer to have, you know, if it's snowing out, um, you know, you just pull it up or it's windy, you know, keeps your, keeps your head nice and warm and, um, huge fan of, you know, chest pockets for throwing like your phone or a snack or something like that. So, um, wear that thing all over the place, um, wear it touring, wear it, you know, around town, around the house, doing yard work, that kind of stuff. Sweet. Uh, Josh, you? Yeah, it's that, uh, outdoor research one I mentioned before. Um, you know, even on the, the coldest of days, I'll still wear that layer and throw other layers on top of it. You know, it's just that, Super efficient, just kind of moisture wicking and, and keeps me warm. Um, An essential component to your system. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that one has like a, it has a windproof, like a light nylon face with like a brushed lining on the front. Correct, yeah. And the back, and the back is just like a breathable fleece with no kind of wind protection or anything like that. Exactly, I mean, yeah, it is, uh, it's almost <laughs> t-shirt thin on the back. Yeah, um, yeah to get it cool you down as much as possible. As long as you're not going backwards, you're good to go. <laughs> not much switch skiing for me, no. <laughs> nice. Uh, and Will, do you, have a, do you have a favorite jacket or mid-layer? I had a favorite lightweight fleece like uh, Sam and Megan did, but the uh, Patagonia R1s that uh, we got last year um, became my favorite because it, it actually blocks the wind where a normal fleece, the wind just cuts right through it. Yeah, I would say like I I received one of those jackets as well, and it's been I feel like it the it's so great because it's not totally windproof. You know, it offers a lot of wind protection, but like 
it does let some wind through. So it does like it, it just, it keeps you warm enough, but it like moves more, like dries out pretty quickly. It never gets like super saturated with sweat that I feel like I want to get rid of it because I'm, it's, it's going to freeze on me. Um, no, never. Right. It breathes really well. And, it, and it's weird. It's strange because it has like a full size hood that fits over a helmet. So it's like a really nice, I feel like most mid layers have like a, like one of those really tight fitting hoods. And, um, and I personally, we'll, we can jump into this a little bit later, but like I wear my helmet and, and like a buff all the, like skinning all the time, just so I don't have to carry it in my pack. And so um, anything where it's nice just to be able to throw that over the top. I feel like that's, I get to the top and do my transition. I just throw that hood up and that offers enough extra warmth for the descent. And um, if it's really cold out, I'll put a puffy on, but, um, but it's just like a, it's a really super versatile piece. And that's the, that's the Patagonia, that R1 tech face hoodie uh, or tech face jacket is just awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on. Unless anybody else has anything, I feel like I'm beating a dead cat here with uh, anything else to add to the mid layers discussion. Um, let's move on to hands. Uh, what do you guys, how do you guys manage your hands? I feel like this is a, another tricky area um, that, you know, depending on the person, I definitely used to climb with somebody that would like, you'd have his, you have these super thin gloves and you'd handle like frozen ropes and carabiners like in the super cold days and like, his hands just never got cold. And I was always so jealous because I'd be, my hands were always freezing. He'd be in like a pair of like thin fleece liners and I'd be in these giant mitts ice climbing and I'd be cold and he'd be happy as a clam. And so I feel like this is one area where there's a lot of variability and I'd be, I'm interested to see what you guys do for your hands. Um, Will, let's go with you um, for gloves. Yeah, so um, coming from a Nordic background, I, I got exposed to that and my hands run hot. I, I have to confess that. So um, I actually have the lobster claw mitten for the really cold times. And I'm usually, uh, I rarely use these um, unless like towards the end of the day when the sun's going down and it starts getting really cold. Um, and then I have a, um, it's really hard to see on the video, I'm sure, but a mid-weight glove. And these probably I wear most of the time. I certainly will start the tour with these. And then I got a super thin um, uh, glove that I probably end up wearing these probably 80% of the tour, but I'm always switching them on and off as it goes because my hands are getting, usually get uh, overheated pretty quickly. And those, those look, all look like, like your standard like cross country ski gloves. Um. They yeah, they're all, they're, these are all tocos. Um, yeah. yeah, and they're all readily available at any of the Nordic centers. Yeah. yeah. And so you, do you carry all of those with you? Like when you head out on a tour, you have all three sets of those with you? I do. I do. Yep. And you start yeah. off with a heavier one and then switch out to the lighter one as you're... Yeah, I usually start out with the, the middleweight one, unless it's uh, like below 10 degrees. Um, so usually the middleweight one and you know, probably within the hour, I am switching to the lightweight glove and I'm in the lightweight glove until they're completely saturated and my hands start getting cold. Um, and then, you know, if it's above 20, I'm one of those people who would be skiing without gloves at all as well. Nice. And so what do you do when you put your, when you put those midweight gloves away, when you switch to the lighter gloves, where do you put them? 
that's a really good question. Um, usually I just dump them in my pack, but if I know it's a cold day and they've gotten wet, I will stuff them inside my jacket so they stay warm. They won't dry out, but they'll, they won't freeze. So that's, that's and then you always question. have, and you always have that heavy pair of gloves as a backup. That's all. Yeah. That's my emergency. That's like my puffy jacket. It's, it's the yeah. emergency. Yeah. So you've got the midweight and the lightweight gloves you switch between and then if shit hits the fan, you go with the, the heavy duty ones. Yep. Nice. All right, cool. Uh, Josh, how about, what do you, what are you doing? How are you managing your hand temperature? Sure. Yeah. I'm uh, running a, a three glove cycle at any time. <laughs> um, I kind of start out here, uh, outdoor research. Um, this is kind of like their Gore-Tex, but uh, leather palms to them for a little bit of durability. And this is kind of like a, a mid-weight glove. Uh, it's pretty long. So you get, make sure, you know, the length that your sleeve goes over top of that. Um, and that's good because like on those cold mornings, they're, they're warm enough uh, to get out of the car and move in, but not uh, not going to overheat with them uh, skiing a lap or skinning a lap. Um, but then I'll also carry like a, a liner windstopper glove. Um, if it's, you know, that's just kind of your real light. If your, your hands are warm, uh, go to, and then those will actually fit into the real cold days. It'll be a liner for the big mitts. And, uh, you know, this is <laughs> kind of that below zero is really when I need that, but, um, just kind of work in those options. And, and like Will said, you know, if one of them gets wet, you know, that liner gets wet, I'll put them in my jacket and uh, break out the mid-weight ones and wear them in that scenario and, and rotate through them. But yeah, those three gloves are kind of what I'm, what I'm working with on any given day. Nice. <clears throat> Al, how about you? How about yourself? How are you? What's your glove system look like? Yeah, similar system to, to everybody else. Um, but uh, my hands also, I don't get as cold is quickly with them. So it's not uncommon for me to start off just bare hands on my poles, um, hiking. Um, I do have just a, um, you know, thin pair. I usually carry two of these, um, that I'll switch in and out. So I'll have uh, one for the up and then I'll, you know, stick these in my pockets and my pants for, you know, just keep them warm. And then I'll pull a second pair out of like a side pocket or out of the top of my pack, um, and then put those on. And then, I have these, um, they're like a leather tech mitt. They're really thin, um, but these have been great. I mean, almost bomb proof, um, even on the coldest days, um, these have been pretty solid for me, um, in my system. So with these, and then, you know, a pair of thin liners, I've been pretty good. Um, I do also carry as like a backup. Um, I do carry a pair of, um, just fly low, you know, your typical, um, leather glove. Um, and I usually just keep those in my pack. Um, you know, if somebody needs a backup or, um, you know, I just, these gloves get wet or something like that. So it just boy scouted me, um, better have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. Or something like that, I think is what they say. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Megan, how about, how about yourself? How are you keeping your hands warm? I, my hands run extremely cold at all times. They're generally close to numb. 
So I run with a generally a four glove system, one for the car. And then I keep a pair, I always wear these. I have a pair of thicker soft shell gloves that I wear from outdoor research um, that I'll start off with. And if it gets too warm, then I have a pair of thinner soft shell gloves that I'll switch to. Um, that's generally what I wear for the uphill. I don't generally go gloveless until it's springtime and all of a sudden it's now 40 degrees and sunny. And then for the down, um, once we transition, I have these waterproof puffy mittens that are one of the warmest mittens I've ever worn. And I'll just kind of switch between all these three mittens throughout the day. Keep the, the puffy mittens, generally stay in my jacket with me um, if it's really cold, just because if not, then <laughs> it's a little too cold for me. <laughs> yeah, and so, the, and then when you get to the top, those puffy mittens come on. Yeah, and immediately. <laughs> and then I'll, and your other gloves go in someplace to keep them warm. Yeah, I generally like, the nice thing I like about my bibs is that we have, I have like a pocket right at my chest and I can just throw the gloves right into that pocket so it's right at my core. Keeps them nice and warm, even though they might be a little damp. Um, I can throw them on and they're just gonna be as warm as when I took them off. Nice, awesome. And Sam, do you have anything to add to the glove conversation? Uh, well, I mean, I end up, <clears throat> I think I bucked the trend a little bit. I typically just bring a couple pairs of uh, Kinko work gloves, the, the insulated kind. Uh, I, I, uh, they seem to work for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> they get wet sometimes but that's okay sure well and it seems like again the situation is a little bit different you're you're coming at this from like a touring like a nordic touring uh so again out, your output isn't fluctuating so greatly over the course of the day right so you kind of like it sounds like those kinkos are like your sweet spot they're comfortable enough they're never too hot never too cold right and so you carry a couple couple pairs of those yeah and you know when one gets wet you cycle on the next nice perfect yeah, I have, I, I've got some like light soft shell gloves. These are from Black Diamond. They've got a leather palm and uh, like a, a soft shell back and just a really light fleece lining. And uh, I'll, use, I'll pair those most of the days. That's what I'll use. And I'll pair them with these uh, like wind mittens. Um, these are like some super light nylon, um, you know, mittens. And like this adds, like in the, when I start off, I might have these over them. And it's, these are really easy to just take off and like, they like they don't take up any space. You can just stuff them in a, in a jacket pocket or wherever. Um, and a lot of times, this is all I need. Like I'll use, I'll, I'll have two pairs of these. I'll just have one as a backup, and I'll just run up and down until these are basically like soaked and my hands are freezing. Um, and then I always have a pair of like mittens. Um, I carry a pair of like uh, Gore-Tex shell mittens and a fleece liner, and I just keep those in the bottom of my bag. Um, and if I get super cold then I can switch out to those. But um, <clears throat> I've been really happy with these, these wind mittens are pretty sweet. They don't take up much space and they just, uh, they add a lot of warmth to a glove um, for like a descent or uh, a transition. And then the, those black diamond gloves have been great. Cause like they, I've, I've used like Kinko's, uh, those leather gloves in the past before, but they, they I feel like I, they get so wet. And then like, if you're, if you're alpine touring on the descent, they just, they literally will free some, there'll be days where they're like frozen on my hands and I'm like, I, I have a really hard time then warming them back up. And I'm like, that's just, I just can't do that. And so I found that these, these uh, soft shell gloves tend to like not hold as, they just don't hold as much moisture. So they don't, they don't freeze up quite as quickly as some of those other options do. Um, and they provide a little bit more protection since uh, than like a fleece glove. Uh, one thing I feel like you have to be careful with like fleece gloves is like handling, if you're handling skins, 
Um, you don't want to handle skins with your fleece gloves on just because I feel like uh, you can leave a bunch of like fur on your skins. Um, so you want to avoid that. Um, I did want to kind of point out, I feel like one thing that people do when they get too hot um, <clears throat> is like when you're too, when you guys are touring, what's the, what's the first, if you start to get too hot, what's the first thing you guys do? Who want like, uh, Al, what's the first thing you do when you start getting too hot? Um, probably gloves. If I start off with gloves, cause my vents are almost always open. Um, yeah. unless, you know, I'm waiting around for a buddy in a part in a parking lot somewhere or something like that. But usually it's gloves that'll, that'll go in like a side pocket. And then, um, I'll, you know, open up like my vest or if I've got like my R1 or something like that on, then I'll, then I'll open that up. Um, so that's usually first thing for me. Nice. And then, uh, anybody else like Josh, like say, what are you like when you start off like, when you start to get too hot, what's the first thing you adjust when you start to get too hot? Yeah. Like I'll just touched upon it. It's open up all the vents. It's usually the jacket. Um, my shells have the, the pit, <laughs> the pit vents, and then even just the front zipper, just uh, trying to get as much airflow through there as possible. Um, yeah. And then the pants, I have my uh, OR hard shell pants have big side zips. Uh, so then, yeah, that's the next step. And, and then the gloves come off and they go on the ski poles if, if it yeah. comes down to it. <laughs> well, I feel like, I feel like when I watch people out there touring, one of the things I, I see people hat, hat and gloves are the first things that people ditch when they start to get too hot. And oftentimes they're, you know, you'll see people and they'll have like a full, like a, a fairly heavy jacket on. And I feel like that, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but you can be, it can be, if it can be a warm day out, but if your hands and head are cold, you feel cold and it can be a cold day out. But if your hands and head are warm, then you feel warm. Like your apparent comfort is greatly affected by how your hands and head feel. And so one of the things one of the things I try to do is I try to wear as little as possible on my torso. So like when I do get hot, I don't have to adjust, you know, and then I try and keep a hat and a hat and gloves on at all times. And then I'll, you know, there'll be days I'll be down and do a t-shirt, like a long sleeve t-shirt uh, while skinning, just because I feel, you know, if you take off your hat and take off your gloves, it feels, you feel better, like immediately it feels good, but you're not actually addressing the problem of being too hot, of your body being too hot. Whereas if you were to stop and like ditch the, your jacket and leave your hat and gloves on, you, you might like stay comfortable, but at the same time, like you're, you're addressing the problem of like retaining too much heat. And so, um, I don't know. I just think that's one thing people should think about. Like if you're getting too hot, like address the problem, you know, ditching your gloves or ditching your hat might make you feel comfortable in the short term, but it doesn't actually like fix what's going on. So. I don't know. I try to like, most of the time touring, it's like a t-shirt and one layer and I'll keep my hat and gloves on as long as possible just because um, they keep me comfortable. <laughs> so hats. Uh, I don't know that there's much to talk about hat wise. Um, you guys all wear hats touring, buffs, um, hat or buff. Do you guys have a preference? Both. No, it's whatever. And then what do you guys do for helmet? Like, so the, those of us that are using helmets on for the descent, uh, what kind of, how are we, how are you guys kind of managing that? Um, I mean, I personally wear, when I tour, I wear a, a pretty lightweight, like a climbing helmet. Um, and I'll pair that 
with like a, a buff underneath it. And I'll put this on, I'll put this on at the car uh, when I'm getting ready to go. And I just wear it. It's light enough that I just wear it all the time. And I don't have to think, I don't have to worry about like whether or not I'm going to carry it. I don't have to worry about put it on my pack or I don't have to worry about at the transition, like putting it on, like fiddling with it. It's just like, it's always on. And then when I get back to the car, I take it off. Um, and so I appreciate um, that system. It just keeps me, it's just less, less fiddling around um, out, in this, out in the snow. Um, Josh, do you have a, a, a head system that you kind of manage <laughs> when, you're, when you're out touring? Yeah, I mean, this is the one big part for me is this, kind of it's uh like nylon more poly pro than a buff um but it's it works as the hat and the buff at the same time it doesn't ice up as much as a buff does i don't know how many times i've been frustrated that you're breathing in your buff and then two minutes later it's just solid ice and you kind of have to like rotate that around um so i've had pretty good luck with this but you know this will stay on underneath my helmet then um, so I can go goggles on top of that, um, and then the helmet right on top. Yeah. So you're um, not you're not taking anything off to put your helmet and stuff on. You're just layering over the top of that when you get to your transition. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I kind of typically just do trucker hat. Um, I'll leave that on. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. ski with glasses, but uh, I'll you know take the trucker hat off and throw goggles on. But yeah, my the whole helmet hat system is not the most efficient <laughs> part of my entire day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Al, how, how about yourself when you're splitboarding? What... Yeah, I, I will say I, I do envy that, Greg, uh, you being able to, to wear uh, your, your helmet throughout. Um, not, something, uh, not something that I do. Um, my helmet's attached to my... Um, uh, to the back of my pack. Um, and then, you know, trucker hat as well. Um, and then usually depending, um, I'll have a beanie I'll throw on underneath, um, underneath the helmet. If it's like a colder day, um, I did snag, uh, sort of a similar setup to you, Josh. Um, I did snag, um, Burton makes a, it's like an AK grid fleece. Um, so I haven't had a chance to use it yet to see if I'm going to like it or not. Um, but it's very similar to the R1 where you've got basically a full buff where it can pull up and, and cover your face mat or your face. So sort of like a mask. Um, and I feel like the advantage there would be, you know, one less piece, um, one less thing to have to worry about and fidget with. And so um, I'm excited to try that this year and see if, you know, that can save some time on the transition, one less thing to have to pack and worry about and put on, take off and all that. Nice. And both, and Josh and Al, you guys, you guys use this as you pack your helmets away because they're just too hot when you're skinning up. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, like there's no way you would be comfortable if you were, if you tried to stay in that the whole time. No, I, I, there was one instance um, when I was in the Adirondacks last year and I, I was like, you know what, or it's two years ago now. Anyways, we were just in this area we weren't super familiar with, and um, we it was a mixed group of uh, of us discipline wise, and um, trying to keep the helmet on was just not a fun time. Just felt like you know I got too hot, was uncomfortable, um, and it just I don't know, it just didn't feel right. So yeah, typically keep it on the on the back of the pack. Nice. And Megan, how about yourself? Like, when do you like? What do you? How do you manage your 
your hat and head and helmet and stuff when you're out there? Yeah, my pack also, my helmet also goes to the back of my pack. Um, it just gets too hot. And if I have it on, it has really thick ear flaps, so I can't hear anything around me. Um, so when I'm going up, I wear just, I have used a lot of like the Skeeta Torneckis that they have and I actually just hold it up over my ears. So kind of my make your own version of Josh's way of going up. And then I'll throw either like a synthetic beanie if it's really cold on or also a trucker's hat over the make your own kind of head neck gator thing. <laughs> and, and Will and Sam, uh, it seems like everybody else is wearing some sort of hat when they're uh, when they're in touring mode. What about you guys? What are your thoughts on like some sort of like baseball cap or trucker hat or something like that? All all dependent on temperature. Um, yeah, I wouldn't wear a helmet in a million years, Greg. I think you're one of a yeah. kind. Far too hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, not for touring for sure. Not for Nordic touring for sure. And uh, I don't I don't I'm not interested in a beanie either. They, like Josh said, they ice up on your face or not a beanie a, a buff. Um, they ice up on your face and, and they just make a mess of things. So I, I, I don't wear one of those either. Yeah. Just cool. And well, yeah, and I'll, I'll have a buff for the really cold days, but yeah, admit that I'm usually pulling it down cause they ice up so much. And then I'll have a synthetic beanie that I wear. And then I actually keep a slightly warmer, um, wool or cotton, um, hat just in the pack for, for the breaks. So it's, you know, something that's dry just to put on during the break time. Nice. Awesome. <clears throat> well, I think uh, we've co covered most of this stuff. Uh, I do want to point out, I did want to share one thing. Like, uh, so like, and my, and my puffy, one of the things I really like about certain jackets are drop pockets on the inside. Um, and so what that is, is just like a, a, a pocket on the inside that's just like the, a big, kind of pocket where, you know, you can drop your skin, stuff your skins in there, stuff a jacket, stuff a pair of gloves in there, stuff like that. I feel like a lot of, most, a lot of jackets don't come with that. And I've always, all the jackets that I have that have those drop pockets, I find that feature like super useful. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I think that's one of the things, like if you're going to be touring, it's one of those, you're all, you have stuff that you need to like do something with, but you don't want to put it in your pack. You know, you don't want it to be, so put away that you have to like stop, take your pack off to get it. But it's nice like for skins or for gloves or hats, if you're gonna ditch those, um, to have some place to kind of like put those. Um, do you guys have any other, as far as like clothing goes, do you guys have any other like features that you always look for or um, favorite pieces that are just like, you, you think everybody should, everybody should own one of these? Um, uh, Sam, can we start with you? You know, I'll put my plug back in for a pair of Kinko gloves. They're 15 bucks. Yeah. That's a, that's oh. a win. Buck. Yeah, they are popular with the ski crowd just because just because of that. Yeah. You do anything special to them to keep them, uh, you know, snow seal them? Or do you have any kind of like magic video you do to them to make them uh, keep no, them going? Bring, you know, bring multiple pairs. And that way yeah. you don't have to do any voodoo. Yeah, perfect. They get wet. You just rotate them out. Sweet. Uh, Megan, do you have, sorry, <laughs> any, any, any favorite, like anything you look for, like special features that you really like in articles of clothing or, um, stuff that you'd recommend stuff that you just think like everybody should have one of. Yeah. I've learned over the past years that I just, all my jackets need to have a really high neck on them, even fleeces. Um, that's why I've, I've 
found like in in everyday life, like in my car, it's like tuck myself in, kind of like turtle myself because one wind protection, something can't get down there. And I kind of found that with uh, my Arterix Puffy that has the fleece siding on it. Um, So the Arterix is like a little expensive, but like I've used it every single day through like spring, summer, winter. Um, And I just think it's one of the best pieces I've ever owned. Nice. Uh, and Al, how about yourself? Um, yeah, so three things for me. So one, I'm a huge fan of um, chest pockets. Um, just a good way to like keep the cell phone close. Um, you know, if you want to snap a picture, check in on Gaia or whatever, um, keeps it warm as well. Um, also a big fan of thumb holes. Um, again, for reasons I mentioned earlier, just keeping snow out and, you know, it's like a kind of like a mini glove in a way, I guess. Um, and then being a split border, another thing I look for when I'm purchasing gear like that, um, especially specific for touring, uh, we do a lot of bending over as a snowboarder. And um, I just like when our clothes are a little longer. Um, I find that like some of the more like ski oriented um, clothing companies, um, the cuts are typically a little shorter um, than what you would find with, um, uh, you know, snowboard specific clothes. Yeah. So are you, when you're trying to get the extra length, do you, have you ever like, are you looking for specific gear that's cut longer in your size or will you often, will you ever size up just to get the extra? Typically won't size up. So like, you know, I wear a large shirt, so I wouldn't go to XL cause then it's just too big and baggy and just doesn't feel like it fits right. Um, so I'll, I'll usually look for, uh, for longer cut. Just find something that's long. Yeah. Um, and Will, how about yourself? Any favorite must-have items or features? Uh, I, th- I think the one thing that I take advantage of, similar to the chest pockets, is also the cargo pockets on the pants. Uh, easy to stash a snack in or that, that extra pair of gloves or something. So, nice. But otherwise, second everything everyone else has said. Except the Kinko gloves. Sorry, Sam, just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> But if somebody could come up with a glove that breathes really well and is waterproof, I'd be buying that in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I, I would refuse to use cargo pockets. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Josh, do you have a. I mean, anything, anything stand out that maybe you haven't mentioned yet? I mean, you love, I know we know you love your OR jacket. Yeah, that's uh, definitely where I was going with this. But uh that uh uh megan hit it the uh the hard shell with like the high neck you know being able to zip that up on super cold days i i also have an arcteric shell and it actually has like a little bit of fleece on the inside there and being able to tuck your nose in for a minute uh it might not be the biggest thing but it it feels warm for a minute (laughs) oh yeah i mean like uh i feel like a hard shell where yeah you pull the hood up and you zip it up and it like and it just covers everything like yeah. On those days where it's minus eight and windy and it just feels like a fortress and that's what you need sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Um, really quickly, anything, anything else to add before we kind of sign off? And everybody got everything out they need to get out. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate you guys all sharing your view. I hope this wasn't too confusing. I think we had a lot of people and a lot of different perspectives that might've gotten <laughs> a little bit uh, unruly, but uh, I do appreciate your time tonight. Um, 
I do want to make one more pitch for the Catamount Trail Association. Um, check us out on, on catamounttrail.org uh, and see what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, consider becoming a member or making a donation. Uh, we do have a bonus episode of Show and Tell coming up on Thursday this week. We're going to be talking backcountry etiquette. Um, we have representatives from the U.S. Forest Service and from the state of Vermont will be joining us as, as well as a couple people from the backcountry community. Um, and we'll be going through, we'll be starting off with some COVID specific considerations for this coming winter. And then we'll get into kind of more general backcountry kind of like tips. Just to make sure we're all, we all, we're all on the same page and we all know what's expected of us when we head out into the backcountry this year. Um, because uh, all signs point to a lot of pressure on the backcountry terrain. And so we wanna make sure we're playing, playing nicely with each other and uh, treating each other with respect. Um, thank you again, guys. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we can Thanks. sign off. Take care. Bye. All right, Bye, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thanks. All right. Stream is over.